Welcome to Globally Speaking, sponsored by RWS Moravia and Nimzi Insights. Are you ready to dive into the most critical issues impacting language and localization today? Globally Speaking is designed to educate, inform, and challenge everyone who is engaged in global communications. Your hosts for Globally Speaking are Renato Beninato and Michael Stevens. Learn more by visiting our website at www.globallyspeakingradio.com. And now, here are Michael and Renato. I'm Michael Stevens, and this week on Globally Speaking, we are continuing our series number three of three on transcription. If you haven't checked out the first two episodes of this series, listen to this one and then go back and listen to the other two. I think you'll really appreciate it. We started with a look into how transcription is traditionally done, what the human being actually does for this type of work. In our last episode, we talked to the founder of a company who is looking to transform work as we know it by distributing work around the globe so people can live in flexible areas. And the first type of work he's looking to distribute is AI with human transcription services. This week, we follow the trend. And in our third interview, we talked to a technologist who believes that in many cases, the machine is going to be able to do the work for us. I think you're going to be really impressed with how far advanced this technology is, the AI. And I think you're going to want to go and sign up for this service after you hear what's happening in this space. So let's let our guest introduce himself. My name is Sam. I'm founder CEO of Otter.ai. In a nutshell, what does Otter AI do? Otter.ai is a product that helps people keep track of their conversations, their meetings. You can either use it individually for yourself or use it for a team in a team meeting scenario. Think about enterprises, small and medium businesses or large businesses. Everybody has tons of meetings these days, either in-person meetings uh, in conference rooms or you just have a stand-up quickly every day mm-hmm. or you have a phone calls, you have video conferences. So there are a lot of studies that show that people in enterprises spend 30%, even 40% of their time in all kinds of meetings. We look at this space and say, hey, you know, a few years ago when we look at this, where is the data? Um, people spend 30% or 40% of the time talking or listening. You can take notes where you can remember part of it, but most of the data is actually just disappeared in the air. Yeah, right now it just goes off after the meeting. It's not capturable unless you're working at like Blackwater or some company that has a uh, Bridgewater, a Bridgewater, Bridgewater Capital, who has the concept of recording every meeting they have and providing most of the notes publicly to right. the members of their company. But most companies, it's just as entirely it's gone, except for what a certain person takes notes at. Right. So um, the solution that you found for this is essentially you have incorporated text-to-speech technology and you're able to capture conversations and create an automatic transcription of that conversation in text format, right? Yes. We actually created the speech recognition technologies ourselves. 
Uh, we're now using a third-party API. We actually created everything by ourselves. This is why you can see very high accuracy with very high uh, performance in terms of a real-time transcription. Right now, we're having this uh, call and I'm running Otter on my laptop uh, where I'm using Zoom. So while we're talking, all this data is recorded by my laptop, but it's sent to the Otter server in the cloud. The Otter server processes the audio immediately and send back the transcript immediately. So within a second, you can actually see the transcript right away. And a moment ago, when you shared your screen with us while we were just chatting, and I could see my text come up, it was a really interesting, like I could feel a difference in my brain. For those who are listening, I, I was looking at the Zoom thing, seeing the words that I was saying automatically be populated on Sam's application there. Right. Um, By the way, if you are listening to this on a smartphone, just go to the Google Play or App Store or whatever store you have, download the Otter app <laughs> and uh, play with it. You're going to be amazed. Today, I just spent eight hours in a meeting with 18 people, I put the app on and it was capturing every conversation with a degree of accuracy that shocked me. What is the underlying technology behind this? Because we know uh, that voice interface is something that is growing uh, with these uh, Alexas and Google Homes and uh, Apple Siri. How did you come up with this technology and, and how does it fit in this world where voice has become the main user interface? We are actually relatively young. We started only three years ago. At that time, whenever people uh, talk about the voice AI, people thought about uh, Siri, Alexa, you mentioned uh, Google Home, right now that's selling that device. We are actually working on a totally different problem. When you use Alexa, you use a hot word like, hey, Alexa, to wake up the device. Then you ask... We just woke up a ton of Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> then you ask a short question like, what's the weather tomorrow? Then Alexa, which is a robot, will answer that question. So the whole interaction is a uh, chatbot interaction. You know, a human being interacts with a robot. It's useful. However, we see... Just look at, you know, 100 people. How many times does each person talk to Alexa? Probably no more than three times on average every day. But if you look at the average person, how many hours do they talk to other people? Either uh, they're speaking or they're listening to other people speaking. So it's going to be at least two to three hours every day. So for myself, one of my own problems is I used to work in Google. I, I led Google Map Location Service 10 years ago. We actually built the uh, Blue Dot system, Google Mobile Map on your iPhone or Android. Then I quit Google in 2010 to start doing startups. I have a lot of meetings with venture capitalists. Um, I have a lot of meetings with customers, a lot of meetings internally with our team. Now I have this pain point that I just can't remember the things people told me. I can't remember all the things I promised other people. Mm -hmm. I will. 
so I thought about it, you know, okay, we spend so much time talking and I can't remember this, you know, is there any uh, tool I can use? I look around, I just can't find such a tool. On the other hand, I just feel like, you know, life is short. You know, you meet a lot of people uh, who are interested. But you talk to them, um, then they they go away. You know, I, I want to remember that conversation. It's a lot of them have, you know, a lot of value, either technical or insightful conversations, or, you know, with my family, it's more sentimental. Uh, I wish I could play back uh, whatever my mother told me. So uh, several motivations that motivated us to do this. So three years ago, we started to work on this. We built a team. And uh, we look at a number of technologies, the Google API, you know, IBM, Microsoft, but none of them are good enough. And the reason is that the original speech recognition, think about Siri or Alexa, they are all trained to uh, support the chatbot model. And Google, when you, you, you can use voice to search using Google. So their system is mostly trained to optimize a voice-based search. The big difference between that and the conversation we are talking about is that the way people speak is very different when you talk to a robot versus talking to another person. When you're engaging in a conversation, people talk much faster. They talk casually. They don't uh, speak very clearly or even a grammatically correct way. People interrupt each other a lot. So there are a lot of noise usually either in the conference room with the air conditioning uh, running, where uh, you meet somebody in Starbucks or a restaurant, a lot of noise. Uh, different people have different accents. You know, I came from China, so uh, I still have my special accent. So we have to build a model from the ground up to handle all of these problems, uh, which actually not the traditional speech recognition system can handle. This is absolutely fascinating because a few episodes ago, we did an interview with a traditional transcriptionist. And one of the reasons in case she was making was environments where there's lots of background noise, multiple accents, even speaking the same language. And there's someone speaking another language in that moment. It's fascinating to now speak with a technologist who's thinking of those same exact issues and trying to address them. Right. So we've been working on this really hard for the last three years, which is actually a short time compared to the uh, work other companies have been working uh, on this problem. But, you know, we've been working hard, uh, work smart. And on top of that, a technology we built the author product which is a you know, full-fledged standalone product everybody can use. It's designed with a consumer-friendly user interface. It's designed for non-technical people. Uh, anybody can download it from App Store, uh, Google Play, or you can run it on your laptop by just going to otter.ai website. And Sam, I was going to ask you a question. The purpose of Otter AI, and you mentioned it's where conversations lived, kind of took me back to when Evernote started as a company, and they would say it's your second brain, right? Like it's this thing where you can store information. And so then it made me think, you know, Evernote never quite got the collaboration piece. It's good for organizing, but outside of that, it always seemed very far. 
when you just described your service, I imagined the episode of Black Mirror, or is multiple episodes, <laughs> where they have the lenses that recorded all of life, and you could go back and scan through different scenes in your life to hear what people were talking about in the room. Instead of having a lens that records things, it would almost be like a user could have a microphone on them, record their day, and then have multiple AIs hmm. who create tasks from things you say or commitments you make or yes. working in that background. It, is that a longer-term futuristic version? Is that what you would see as the ultimate benefit? Or is there something else there as well? It, it's uh, uh, absolutely part of it and, and an important part of it. Right now, uh, we're focusing more on the meeting use cases, uh, whether it's a, a corporate meeting, it's a stand-up a project meeting, or you know interviews like this, uh, or podcasters. You know, a lot of uh, podcasts are interviews. Even for today, it, the value is more than just a recording. It's because once you have the transcript, you can do a lot of natural language processing on it to understand the topics people are discussing. Automatically extract action items for product meetings. So that's why we actually see a lot of product managers using Otter. I have friends who work at Google, uh, Facebook, Amazon. They told that they've seen people using Otter there, although it's not officially uh, <laughs> right. endorsed by their IT system. Later, you will ask about security and all that. You mentioned Evernote. I, I like what they're trying to pursue. They say, remember everything. Uh, I really like it. But so far, you know, they require you to manually enter the notes. And yeah, this is the part that fascinates me, is that I'm a lazy consultant. And it's very hard for me to be talking and presenting and discussing with my clients during a consulting engagement and taking notes at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a, a faithful compilation of everything that is being discussed. And as we're discussing, I can see the transcription going on right here. It has excellent punctuation. It has uh, full stops. It has paragraphs. The text looks totally natural. And uh, what I loved today is that at the end of the meeting, when I saved and I closed the meeting, there's also automatic tags of the topics that were most discussed or, or the words that were most used. I don't understand exactly how that tagging happened. but. Mm -hmm there was a, an automatic tagging process. How, how do you do that? <laughs> That's what I meant by natural language processing. It's actually analyze the text, look at the semantics, look at the way people talk about it, look at the frequency they use it. Right now, it's still relatively rudimentary, but this is just the beginning. It will get more and more intelligent in terms of understanding the higher-level concept that people are talking about. How much of these are sort of a rules-based system where someone's gone in and said, if the frequency of words, we'll put it into this category, or if these words together, this topic will come up. How much of it is that? And how much are you being able to use neural networks to be able to do that processing? Um, right now, the result you saw, it was all done by machine. It's actually not done by human being. Okay. Although in the training process, we do have human involved to look at the classification of words 
uh, look at the association of different words. Are you talking about a medical problem? Are you talking about AI? Are you talking about sports? Right? The people use different words. It, it's a big research area still. It definitely far from solved yet. But just like self-driving car is not fully realized yet, but you know you can still get some partial results by using Tesla's autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. It's level five yet, but even at level two, it's still useful. You know what we are doing conceptually is similar. Again, this is a technically very very challenging problem. Even human being, you know, having trouble understanding each other, right? How can understand what you're talking about. Absolutely. And for a number of our listeners, a natural question is going to be, uh, it's in your frequently asked questions, what languages do you support? And right now it's currently English, but what do you see the future looking like? What are some of the unique challenges when you decide to go beyond English for this type of technology? Uh, we got a lot of questions like this. Uh, we've got people who ask us, oh, when are you going to support Spanish? When are you going to support French, Mandarin, Japanese. Um, we actually have a lot of a, a large enterprises in Japan who ask about this. Um, this is definitely on our roadmap. Um, although we have a small team right now, so we cannot do everything at this point. We would love to expand the scope and work on other languages. And on top of that, translation, right? In the translate the transcript from one language to the other language. Also incorporate speech uh, recognition. It's actually doing speech to text, and reversely, you want to also do text to speech. Once you actually translate mm-hmm. to Spanish, for example, you want to have a human, natural human voice to uh, say those words after translation. There's a company out of Boston called Vocal ID mm-hmm. who's doing a lot of interesting work on the text to speech. They started through accessibility. For people who are in wheelchairs and using a, a monitor to type and communicate with folks. Mm-hmm. And the founder was sitting in a, at a conference giving a speech and there were two people in wheelchairs. One was like an 18-year-old female and the other was like a 40-year-old male. And they were mm-hmm. talking back and forth and had the same computer voice talking to each mm-hmm. other. And she thought, what would it mean for us to start reflecting the human being in the voices they interacted. And so they've done a, a lot of interesting work. I'm not sure if you know them, but they're, they're one of my favorites out there, Vocal ID. I don't know about this specific one, but I will look for them. I'll, I'll send you a video, actually. We recently was actually invited by USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, to speak about uh, using innovation um, to enhance productivity and uh, also help with accessibility. Mm-hmm. We actually have a lot of users who are deaf or hard of hearing. They use Otter to help them understand people's uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. We actually recently are working with a number of universities like UCLA, Western Kentucky universities, because every university like this have a few hundred people, hundred students who are actually uh, having learning disabilities. Either they have hard of hearing problem or they have other uh, dyslexia or ADHD. The school actually spend a lot of money to hire people to take notes for the, these uh-huh. 
when they discovered Augur, they actually contacted us and uh, we are working with them to provide the service to them. We actually know, already know there are hundreds of students in like Stanford, um, Berkeley, UCLA, they're using Augur. Uh, Another part is actually because you talk about localization and globalization, for international students whose native language is not English, they found Otter really helpful for them. Even if, and before we do translation, with the transcript, it makes it a lot easier for them to understand the professors and the presentations because, you know, they can listen and read at the same time. They, they can usually read better than uh, listen. I experienced that firsthand in grad school. Um, we had a large Korean student population, and they had every class for, I believe it was the last five or six years previous to mine, all the major courses transcribed. You bought those notes and you had them to work with. But yeah, so I, I, I benefited from folks who were using that as a tool. And now Otter AI makes that available. You didn't have to know the secret handshake anymore. You can just use Otter AI, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Another part of this, uh, we see this as uh, not just an individual note-taking service, although it, you know, podcasters can use it, students can use it to take notes, but we also see this as a collaboration system. Uh, while we are having this Zoom call, actually, I sent you a URL, which if you click on it, you can actually see the transcript on your laptop. During the meeting, you can actually highlight certain interesting things. Um, to help you remember the important points. We will allow people to add comments later as well. So uh, think about, you know, Slack is a text-based messaging system, but an author can help you communicate better with the voice. You know, in Slack, you have uh, channels for each function, like the product channel, uh, engineering channel, marketing channel. But in order, we allow you to create groups for each function, you can have all the product people in one group so that all the meetings or conversations related to a product is shared in that uh, author group with everybody. I'm thinking here of you worked at Google, of the Google Glass uh, period mm -hmm. when everybody at Google was wearing Google Glasses and then it didn't take off. Are you the kind of person that goes around and records every single conversation that you have? You mentioned recording uh, your mother's voice and so on. Is that uh, something that you do under the guise of uh, testing the product? And not yet, but I do want to be transparent. Actually, I already tell everybody, you know, most likely when I talk with them, I'm going to use Otter. For myself, they already know I, because I work on Otter. Uh, if they don't want to be recorded, they actually tell me, and I want to opt out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the, internally, in our own team, we actually use Otter for every single meeting as a backup. You, you may never look at it again, but when you need to look for information, it's available. And it's searchable. It's very user-friendly. Yes. I don't know if you've seen, we actually are selected by TechCrunch Disrupt. San Francisco to use Otter for the entire conference. So all the speeches were available. You can search for anything. You can search for a speaker's name. You can search for a specific topic. And suppose you, you record all your own meetings. You know, a month later, you try to recall, hey, what, what did Sam say about Alexa? 
then you can quickly search through your your notes in order. You can find it quickly. Because another thing we did was a voice print. You can label the paragraph with the name of the speaker. Mm-hmm. Then our system will will create a voice print profile for that speaker. Then later on, when author hear the same speaker, it, it can label it for you automatically. Let's also give you another dimension there. So you know who said what. You can search based on the speaker name as well. I was nervous for Renato when we started recording our podcasts because I knew there would be things that were recorded that he was saying. Now, and the fact that he could have it in text on a regular basis that people could search Renato, do you realize how many more things you're going to be held accountable for? Well, yeah, that's terrible. All it's the, dangerous. All, all my empty promises. But one question. I live, and I, I'm sure you do too, because as you said, you come from China. I live in a multilingual family. In uh, a regular conversation at home, we speak uh, Portuguese, French, uh, English. That's the everyday languages that we speak at home. Occasionally, we have some Spanish and some Italian. You're not going into that space yet. What is the barrier? What prevents AI and uh, voice recognition technologies to work like the human being is capable of doing, of switching languages and still maintaining the same conversation and the same topic? What is the technology challenge for something like this? It's just a matter of time right now. If we have, you know, five times uh, more engineers as we have right now, we can tackle this, those problems. I did my PhD at Stanford. I'm a technologist myself. The problem you just mentioned is actually not that hard. We are able to tell what language you're talking. Even in the middle of a sentence, uh, we can tell you switch from one language to another language. We can run the audio through multiple models, one English, one French, one Portuguese, Spanish, then we can get the result from each model and merge them uh, and show the transcript. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, code switching is a challenge because sometimes we're saying things, there's a meaning beneath, and how do these things get captured? You seem very optimistic that this could be solved, which is good to hear. Uh, I'm very optimistic. I think the AI is so powerful. It, It is learning from tremendous amount of data. I don't know when it will happen, but before long, the, the machine actually can understand the text better than any single human being. The reason is that the machine is actually taking advantage of the global data available to it. You know, at any single person, you just have limited number of brain cells. Mm-hmm. But the machine potentially is almost unlimited. So the limited number of brain cells cannot compete with a limited number of machines. Well, I also like the fact that at least the use cases you've described so far, they're still in service of people's conversations. Do you think it's going to be too long before we're just having conversations with AIs that have been developed in this space? Uh, There's a movie uh, called Her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, um, it it will happen. But right now, we're not focusing on that space. I think we try to solve the problem to listen and understand human-to-human conversations. Yeah. 
because that's the main use case today. People are talking to each other. But what you described, it, it can be achieved as well. You know, again, we learn more and more about how human beings think. Then they can emulate how a human being will answer a question. Yeah. Sam, what is the underlying technology here? How do you train this? Uh, because here we have people using three different accents and the transcription is showing up perfect. Do you use multiple uh, engines? Uh, what is the underlying technology for Otter? Yeah, in short, we are using a machine learning. Um, that's the high level uh, machine learning in the neural networks with uh, deep learning. This is why actually a few years ago, no matter who you look at, whether it's a Google, Microsoft, IBM, nobody has this type of accuracy. Um, the people, you know, scientists figure out some, you know, really nice models and the real more powerful methodologies to train the neural network. So for us, we actually have millions of hours of audio data. We collect it from all kinds of sources. We use that to train the model. Uh, among these millions of hours of audio data, there are actually all kinds of accents. There's a lot of work to do, obviously. Not all the data is usable. We actually we crawl tons of data from the internet, and we have algorithms to clean the data, filter out the bad data. Then we tune the model. There's constant in- enhancement of the model to make it more accurate. And also, we allow users to correct, you know, the transcript is very accurate today, but there are skill errors. Uh, we do allow people to correct the words in other user interface. So when you correct it, the machine will actually take advantage of that correction and, and try to figure out why did it do wrong in the first time and, and look at your correction. And uh, if a lot of people correct the same words, you know, incorporate that into the model as well. Mm-hmm. So longer term, this become a self-improving system. It will get better and better. Um, six months later, you use author again, you will see it will work better. Another new feature we recently released is called custom vocabulary. There are always words, new words people are inventing that um, mm-hmm. the dictionary don't have yet company names and new acronyms and new jargon. So uh, if you stay still, nobody can uh, understand those. But in the machine, you can constantly crawl new data. And also for words we never heard, we allow users to add that into the dictionary. That's the uh, custom vocabulary. This is a premium feature. Uh, once you uh, get the premium plan, you can do this. Once you add those, and also the people's name, you know, right? There's a lot of international people who don't have traditional English. And uh, when you pronounce them, how do you transcribe them correctly? So we allow people to add those names into author as well, so that their names can be transcribed as well. This is fascinating. I'm just wondering, you know, everybody, most people have seen that uh, Facebook funny video of the voice-activated elevator where... People don't understand the Scottish accent. I wonder if Otter can understand Scottish and Welsh. This uh, very strong <laughs> regional yeah. accent it would be an yeah, interesting this is one thing to, to, to trade. Scotland, Ireland, UK, Australia, South Africa, you know, even the United States, people have different accents, Canada, Texas. Mm. 
and also again a lot of international people you know who have, you know whose native language is not english including myself one of the things that i found fascinating and and this is uh, something again i told our listeners in the beginning of this conversation download otter but is that you can have basically 10 hours of transcription for free per month so some people don't don't need more than that and then you have a professional plan uh, uh, which is essentially very affordable it's like $10 a month right. for 9.99 so it's something that it's really life changing i can always imagine this uh, miserable uh, job that you have. for me it was always miserable you go to a meeting and you have to choose somebody to take the minutes and i said oh my god if i have to take the minutes i cannot pay attention to what people are talking and i cannot interfere and intervene but uh with a tool like this everybody has the time to participate and to engage and even you can go back and look at your notes and see oh you didn't say that you said this <laughs> um, it's part of the the benefit of using otter is to improve uh, communication improve engagement right especially when you're meeting with somebody in person it's actually rude you know if you keep typing on your laptop you know you're not having eye contact but you know, with Otter, uh, you know the information will be available, so you can focus more on the moment talking with each other. Of course, the Otter itself will be further enhanced to also identify important things. It's not available yet, but we're working on new technologies to actually automatically identify certain things that usually people consider important. You know, numbers, money. You know, for project meeting, usually action items are important. So we're building a new algorithm to identify those and highlight those uh, automatically. So this is why also we allow people to manually highlight the transcript so that mm -hmm. the machine can also learn from the way people highlight the transcript to learn, you know, what kind of a sentence are important for people. So would you say, Sam, that uh, this is the, the doom of the human transcriber. <laughs> well, yeah, people say is AI going to replace uh, people's uh, replace jobs, right? I think yes and no. You know, this is the usual answer. When you replace the the repetitive jobs, that people can learn new skills and do more interesting things. And now Otter provides a way that you could do it almost simultaneously all the time. It's right. Also, you know, it, when you're driving, you're having dinner, uh, you're talking with someone, it, it's hard to take notes at those moments. When you're debating with someone, <laughs> it's hard to take notes because, you know, you have to think. Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you would like to share with us or something that you expected us to cover and we didn't? Uh, I want to stress the, the meeting use case. Um, we see other uh, will be part of the collaboration. Then, you think about Zoom, think about Slack, think about all the storage software, the Box or Dropbox. Other, it's actually can work really well with those systems. Zoom already licensed Otter as the um, exclusive recognition system for Zoom. So, if you are a Zoom user, you can actually use Otter inside Zoom. Uh, but Otter can also work with other video conferencing systems like Google Hangouts, Skype, WebEx. During those meetings, you can turn on Otter and transcribe those meetings. 
because your podcasters actually, uh, we already see some podcasters uh, publish the podcast in easy order because not only you can listen to it, you can also see the transcript, um, which is a big help. And because of the transcript is searchable, so the listeners, uh, the users don't have to listen to everything. They can jump around and uh, select the part they're most interested in. We, it would be awful for us. We, <laughs> we want them to listen to every single word that we say. <laughs> it's all good. Sam, one, one of the things that we learned from our listeners is that I have a very good voice to get babies to sleep. So <laughs> we, have, we serve multiple purposes. I see. <laughs> Another big actual benefit for podcasters is once you publish the transcript along with the audio, Google actually will index your transcript so that mm -hmm. the uh, users, when they search for certain topics, make your podcast more discoverable. That's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. For more Globally Speaking information, you can find us on our website, www.globallyspeakingradio.com, on Facebook, and you can follow us also on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you like this episode, please think of one friend who might enjoy it and encourage them to subscribe as well. Thank you for listening to Globally Speaking, sponsored by RWS Moravia and Nimzi Insights. You can subscribe to Globally Speaking on iTunes or any number of podcast portals. Check out our other episodes on globallyspeakingradio.com, where you can find transcripts from every show. We'd like to hear your comments, suggestions, and feedback. So please visit us online at www.globallyspeakingradio.com.